Welcome to another week in the Zeitgeist Lab. My name is Alex. My name is Brian. And we are here for another week of podcasting fun. Brian, this is a first in the entire collection in that we are recording the episode within a week of it coming out. So whatever we talk about will actually still be relevant in six days. Whereas before we've always been like at least a week and a half or so ahead. That's true. Yeah. Is, is there anything zeitgeisty we want to talk about right away? Uh, I, I don't what is know. Going on, what is going on in the world? I haven't really been paying attention a whole lot. I've been mostly just fixing my glasses every <laughs> 10 seconds. Uh, it's snowing. That's oh, going yeah, it's on. snowing in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Texas. <laughs> You're not a Texas fan? No, I don't mind Texas. I just think you know, they they should uh, experience some snow too and freak out That's about true. it. I'm unless it's like unless it's like really dangerous, I don't know. I don't think. I mean, they got like a few inches, right? I mean, it's probably really dangerous in that they've never experienced anything like that. At least some of them. Well, if they don't know how to deal with snow, then they weren't a part of America in the first place. Well, I don't think they really want to be a part of America anyway. It's at least a That's lot true. Of them, they, so. they, they, they threaten to secede quite a bit, don't they? Mm-hmm. So you have power then. That's good. I was not sure if you were going to have power today because I was reading before we got oh. home that there were like millions of Americans, not just in Texas, um, you know, without power. So. Yeah, I heard in like Portland they didn't have power. Okay. Or is it still snowing on. in Madison or? Um, the snowing's done. We're finally moving back towards regular ass temperatures for the, the winter. Okay. Like 15, 17. That's not Got bad. up to 17 degrees today and I was actually like, I found myself cracking a smile. Oh, wow. I was like, oh my God, it's, it's not below five degrees today. <laughs> this is amazing. Right. I've Once it gets into the 30s, I'm going to start crying. Tears yeah. of joy. Tears of joy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got something zeitgeisty that you can talk about, because I, I just saw this on your Twitter feed earlier, and I think it will still be relevant in six days. It looks like your uh, your record label, which you announced a few episodes back, Touring Tapes, has its first release um, getting ready to come out. Is that right? Yeah, in a couple of weeks from now. So okay. maybe... Uh, maybe a week from now, or maybe it'll already be out. Um, Groin's Greatest Hits, out on 50 Shrek Green cassette tape. Nice. And so yeah. are they going to be available to buy, like purchase online, or are you just giving yeah, them local stores, or what? Um, not local stores, no. But um, they'll be able to buy from either, uh, we're probably going to split it up between the band and the label, so you'll, we'll, We'll, uh, we'll figure that out when we get there. So well, that's exciting. Yeah. So when that day comes, we'll we'll know exactly where to tell you to to grab your open your wallets and plop down some money for us. Do you feel like a big product. Do you feel like a big record label suit now? Yeah. <laughs> I thought about like changing my my name on Twitter to like. Um, I don't know, some something like Moneybags Fentuzler or something like that. But Suge Knight Fentuzler. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Suge Fentuzler. I Shug like Suge Knight Fentuzler. 
Yeah. I got some I got one of the guys in groin by the feet just dangling him over the balcony <laughs> like you said, exactly. you said you wanted to sign a contract. <laughs> All right, well that's exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Um all right, is there what what do you want to go? Right? I feel like I'm always kind of leading the the conversation okay, at the beginning. Yeah. Um I I, I haven't been ex- this excited to pod in a long time. I got like I got my beverage. I got my I got my weed. I got my chips. I got everything. Okay, what kind of I'm what coming kind of out chips of the are we doing? We got these uh, late July organic sour cream and onion. Oh, these are like the best sour cream and onion chip on the market, in my opinion. Late July, I've not heard of them. They must not be out here in Utah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know where you get. I I, I saw them at my local co-op. Okay. Yeah. I went there today and had an unfortunate experience there. Oh, well, okay. Let's let's what's, let's hear about that then. Uh, no, it was not that interesting. I was just like in a bad mood, and I was probably mean to a couple of people that I should have been mean to. Oh, like employees. Um. Yeah. Hold on. Hey. Are we gotta tell your cat to fuck off again. Yeah, I'm just being mean to everyone right now. No. Um. <laughs> no, it's just like my. They uh their their system fucked up my my uh, uh food stamps card. Oh okay. So like, and then then when one then one thing after another happened, then I got my glasses broke, and then all this other type of shit happened. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But, so, but what I was gonna ask you was um. So that has nothing to do with what we we're talking about, but. Great. Perfect. Okay. Well, are you a um. You've been making some political posts on Facebook lately. I've noticed. Are you a, are you a are you an on, are you an online arguments guy? I try. Do you, not, do you, do you like argue with people on Facebook? I really try not to be, but sometimes I just kind of can't help but be that person because I see some of the dumb shit that people say, and I just can't keep my digital mouth shut for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you strike me as someone that argues on Facebook. Really? Yeah. But well, um, I mean, we're Facebook friends. How often do you see me arguing on there? Like, certainly over the last few that's weeks, true. Yeah. there have been a. Usually, it's always people that are responding to our local news Facebook posts that I usually. Ooh, those are the ones you gotta stay away from. Those that's those are the ones that are like, you're not gonna change anyone's mind there on the local news. Right. No, I know. It's just so hard because you see these people who don't have like common sense and I like, I'm, I'm never, I'm rarely the type of person who will just like start throwing out derogatory terms or calling people stupid. Like I logically try to walk them through at least my point of view, but you're right. Like there's never, there's no point to that because they just don't, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Glasses keep breaking. Maybe I'll just not wear my glasses during this one. Okay. And then maybe I'll put it on for when we have to watch a performance or something. I don't know. I'll I'll like do the I'll do the thing where it's like the lady at the opera. Oh yeah. <laughs> like just kind of have like have one hand going. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I asked this because um, I was just I was just thinking about something funny that happened a couple of years ago. Facebook where um 
I went to school with this kid. He was like a total nerd. Um, nice enough guy, you know, just but wasn't part of the crew. Okay. Necessarily, like he was friends with he was friends with my friends, but I was never really friends with him. Okay. Vice versa, and um, I would I and I never added him on Facebook just because we were never friends like that. But I I I would see him like get into the most entertaining arguments on Facebook ever with people I was like with like our mutual friends and stuff. Okay. And like. You know, having a job with a lot of downtime, I just, I, just, you know, like reading Facebook arguments was like just a recreational activity, mm-hmm. and, partic- and sometimes participating in them was like a recreational activity. And um, I, 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 I just one day, I just kept seeing him, you know, like his his arguments, and they were always really funny too. He was always really hilarious to people. And uh, so one day I just added him because we're all from the same town, you know. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. it's not like weird. We went, to, we went to high school together, so it's not totally weird. And then after about like a month or two of being Facebook friends, he was like, he was he started and he would start inviting me to do stuff. Okay. And I was like, oh fuck! <laughs> I didn't want to talk to him, <laughs> like let alone like go the gym with him and like our mutual friends yeah <laughs> so i always had to think of ways to get out of it like he like he's like hey man do you want do you want to like join this D group and i'll be like oh man i'm already in one sorry <laughs> so did you always get out of it or did you end up yeah. having to hang- okay so you never hung out with him no okay <laughs> but i felt bad like sure. the whole time because i i didn't i like the only reason i wanted to add him was to read his arguments with people and i just wanted to see more you know yeah like i wasn't getting enough by not being his friend i had to like actually add him on facebook to see all of the magic happen <laughs> sure that's funny like, be fully entertained at work yeah <laughs> so i was just thinking about that earlier today and i was like man this i was like i was a fucking asshole for that but what yeah are you so my yeah. main thing with the arguments lately is I'm fucking sick of everyone here in Utah, these goddamn ultra conservative Republicans. And some of one of our listeners may know that I am a registered Republican and all these ultra conservative Republicans are just tearing Mitt Romney apart because he had the nerve to vote to impeach or to convict Donald Trump. And suddenly it's like it's the end of the fucking world. And it drives me insane because Mitt Romney, by every standard, is the typical Utah. Like he's Mormon. He ran the Olympics. He's fucking got the chiseled jawline. He's like, by every account, he, everyone in Utah should love him. But they can't understand that he thinks that Donald Trump is a piece of shit. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're. Is he one of the good Republicans? Are there good Republicans? I mean, that's, I'm sure for someone like you, that's up for debate. I think there are some good Republicans. Mitt Romney has been doing a lot of good things lately. Uh, Next week, he is going to be introducing a bill to raise the minimum wage, which I'm sure the rest of his party will hate. Uh, He, along with six other Republican senators, voted to convict Donald Trump. 
So he, I think he's a good Republican. That doesn't mean he's right on everything, but he, he's not one of these people that are just like rank and file. We're going to fall behind Donald Trump for no reason other than the fact that he's a Republican. Huh. Well, good on him for trying to raise minimum wage. Speaking of which, I actually saw that during the, uh, the impeachment hearings, he got into a heated argument with a senator from Wisconsin who was upset uh, that Romney wanted to convict Trump. Really? Yeah, I don't remember which senator because I don't know the senators from Wisconsin. Probably Ron Johnson, maybe? That sounds familiar. I think that was probably it, yeah. So I've got a question for our listeners, and it doesn't apply to all of you. I have a question for our listeners, too. Who are you people? There's only, I only see, like, six, seven people interact on Twitter, but, like, we get yes. so much more listeners than that. Yeah, that's true. Who I, are I, you? I would like to see, if you're listening right now, stop the hit pause or, you know, just keep listening while you open your Twitter app and actually interact with us on Twitter because, uh, you know, like Brian just said, there's only like two or three people that actually I'm not encouraging it. people to act, at, at, interact with us on Twitter because that's like, that's a big part of my day. I, I, I don't want to be, get bigger. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, don't interact with Brian, but interact with the pod because that's usually me. Not always, but... And uh, yeah, I want I want to know who these people are. That's a good point. And I also want to know if you haven't listened to all the episodes, like what the fuck is wrong with you? Why haven't you not listened to all of them? Uh, I I don't know. I can back I can back people not listening to all the episodes. They're not all good. I mean, okay. Other than the River <laughs> Phoenix one, the River Phoenix one is the only one that I think is not worth listening to necessarily. Though even that one has its moments. <clears throat> Um, but to, to anyone who may have missed out on our episode on Hello Goodbye, uh, that did feature a guest spot with Marston Ash. And during that guest spot, he did talk to us about the cover for Kings of Pop by Homegrown, which is coincidentally what we're here to discuss. So out of sheer laziness uh, at this time, I'm just going to drop in that portion of the guest spot here as a reminder for what Marsden thought about that uh, that cover. And on the other side of that, we will talk about this fucking album. Okay, next up we got Homegrown Kings of Pop. Uh, this this band looks like they have a member who's been canceled. Uh, I don't know whether that, <laughs> I, that is I the case. I would not be surprised. I don't know for sure, that's, but I bet they have. <laughs> but the, like that, that's what really sticks out to me. I mean, um, <laughs> the grills, obviously, but like something about this definitely smacks of like a band who maybe like make jokes relating to like hip-hop that they don't realize are as problematic <laughs> as they are yeah, fair enough. um but i feel like musically i imagine it just sounding like either the like kind of brand new school of things or maybe more so the like fountains of wayne or weasery school of things okay um but I, I don't know, it definitely sounds like a band who, if they don't have a member who's actively canceled, they are, people are having a discourse about how their <laughs> lyrics seem a lot more misogynistic in 2020 than when they got into them. Okay, all right, this is yeah. Kiss Me, Diss Me by Homegrown. Even that title I feel like is problematic. Yes. Very. <laughs> This riff is good, but it still sounds canceled. Right. Yeah, I'm there's sure the lyrics are canceled, if I remember correctly. 
yeah. There's a slight stank on the guitar, yeah, on that, on that riff. It's giving that tempo exactly. vibe. Yeah, the, the stank of being called to task and held accountable. <laughs> <laughs> So he says that you're just one of those oh, yes. troubled girls <laughs> using me for everything but love. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I, if, I don't want to say it before you guys say it, but I feel like I was on the mark with this one again also. Yeah. I think... Oh yeah, this chorus also is like very on point. I also think I might have heard, uh, heard the lyric... Uh, uh, did he say... Yeah, let's pull up, yeah, pull up the lyrics here for a second. I'm trying to remember now. I think that the lyric just before the ones that you came in on, Alex, okay. the one that that stuck out to me is like, so, oh, yeah. I, I don't want to sit next to you. I can't believe you called me so soon. Don't try to justify what you did to me. You're just one of those yeah, that, troubled... That's, that's the one? Okay. That's the one. Don't, don't try to justify what you did to me. Seems like the if i had to like write what i thought the thesis for this band was, <laughs> that seems you know um yeah those, those it, are some really the, the second verse he yes. says i can't believe i did it all for nothing now i'm bitter i can't take no more don't blame this on your bad childhood that doesn't justify what you oh, did no. to me oh my god Dude. yeah yeah this, Canceled. Uh, it's funny someone needs to <laughs> It's, it's funny that you zeroed in on that part because just before you read it, I was going to say that like this really has a like bitter after breakup energy. Right. Is yeah. <laughs> okay. Kings of Pop by Homegrown. Brian, why don't you start us off? I mean, we neither of us planned on talking about this episode or this album until we had multiple people basically encourage us to talk about Homegrown. Yeah. Um, well, I want to start off by saying I like an album with a clear message. Okay. And this album has a clear message. Its message is not a good message. <laughs> I, I don't I don't appreciate this message. But you still like it because it's a clear message. You just said but that. I, I I like that. I like an album with a clear message. And I'm because I'm too high for metaphors sometimes. <laughs> So I like when bands just really spell it out sometimes. Okay. And okay. that's what they, de they definitely do that here. What do they spell out for you? So, and so what, what, what they're trying to say is that they really hate women. <laughs> yeah, I, I and, definitely um, agree with that. And I'm glad that they can say that in a very succinct way. Because like I said, I get too high for metaphors sometimes. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much sums up how I feel about this album. Okay, so I'm not I don't disagree with you necessarily, but what I would say, I suppose, is there are definitely songs where I see that. You're saying it's a very clear message, so are you just seeing it all the way throughout the album? Like this album's uh, all right. So like, yeah, I mean they they kind of. Um, what they they have like hold on oh there it is for those of you keeping count there's the the official fuck off to the cat for this week <laughs> um i'm trying to find my notes here 
Um, yeah, they like they said it's um. What did I say here? It's a. Uh, well, there's like there there's just like so many they, they they approach it from so so many so many different angles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like on one song, you know, they're like we're friends with benefits, you know, like we don't, I don't need, I don't need no stupid women, you know, in my life. I don't, you know, we're just, we're just fucking. Right. And then the next song, you know, the dude's like playing the victim. He's like, yes, that's the one that struck out, uh, stuck out to me rather is that like, kiss me, diss me. And, exactly, I, and yeah. I love you not are like the exact yeah. same idea only in one role. He's the victim and exactly. the other song, he's and the ass. That's the whole album. And they do that the whole album. There's like, there's that creepy song about wanting to take a girl's virginity again. What? Yeah. I think I don't remember that. It's um. Hold on, let me find it. It's um. Cause like, he he the whole song is about not him not want him not wanting her to sleep with another another guy because he doesn't want to come in second place. And he wishes he could be her first again. Is, is like something like the, something along those lines. Are like the lyrics? Okay. Um, I mean, maybe the message isn't as clear as I thought it was, but yeah, this, these songs are pretty easy to interpret for me. And I mean, at a certain point, I just kind of tuned the lyrics out. I think because here's my my main problem or my main dilemma is that the music actually is really good. Like, I like the music, but then when you pay attention to the lyrics, you're like, what the fuck is going on? This is awful. It's certainly aged poorly. I think it's disgusting that this was acceptable at the time, but also, like, if you want to talk about not just drive through records, but more, like, representative of the entire pop-punk idea as a whole, I guess this is actually maybe quintessentially pop-punk in terms of the fact that the lyrics are just are this essentially mm. yeah sorry i got a mouthful of shit <laughs> i wanna okay so we haven't done this in a in a minute but i wanna let's pull up one of these songs and go through the the lyrics kings of pop genius now brian i don't know if you remember because this was like 10 weeks ago at this point. But when we looked at the cover with Marsden, he said it basically looked like the cover for uh, an artist that's been canceled. And we listened to Kiss Me, Diss Me and looked at the lyrics. And we kind of agreed that lyrics were fucked up. And it sounds like that's that was just maybe the tip of the iceberg of some of the problems. Uh, yeah. Second best is the one about wanting to take the girl's virginity again. Second best? Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, let's pull that one up. And let's bring that up. Okay. Yeah, so no, this album is very pop punk. It's also very pop punk in the sense that none of the girls in the songs are like are older than 18, probably. I mean, you're just inferring that, right? Like, unless I, like, it's not as bad as River Phoenix, right? Like, they don't. No, straight no, out. not at okay. all. Like, I just assume because it's pop punk. Right, but like River Phoenix specifically spells out uh, the age of some yeah. girls in one of the songs, and that was grotesque by by even pop punk standards. I don't think 
yeah, I don't think it's that. these are these are yeah. There's yeah, these these are still pop punk guys. Okay. They're okay. just maybe Okay, so yeah. these are the lyrics for second best of the band Homegrown. I want your boyfriend in a box so I can send him off somewhere far away. Then we'll be the way like we used to be. Used to be. You want my girlfriend all tied up so you can flatten her. Since I'm not with you, now you're telling her that you still want me, still want me. And the chorus is, I don't want to be second best. I've waited too long. I just want a second chance to be your first again. You're never satisfied uh, with anyone. Pretending you're content when your boyfriend leaves, you'll be calling me. Then we'll cheat again, cheat again. Uh, what I say? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it's fucked up. Like, it's not the right message to be... <laughs> to be singing about that's for sure yeah it's like yeah these are starting to read like they're starting to read like high school notes that you'd pass in class Uh huh. they're like less like lyrics they're more like bad poems about like what you want to do with your boyfriend or girlfriend i mean again i think that describes in this case, a lot of pop punk though someone else's yeah so okay so what to you what does this say about the people that have requested that we discuss this band. Like, why Why do you think there's been a demand for us to talk about this this band? Because <laughs> of some spicy content. <laughs> spicy content. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, and I don't know if... I, my memory is so piss poor. I don't remember if you agreed with me or if we just kind of glossed over it. Did you like the actual music? Oh, um, I thought the music was extremely whatever. It definitely took okay. a backseat okay. to the lyrics for me. Okay. As far as like standing out goes. Yeah. And uh, um, like, it kind of have like two different modes of, of playing on this on this record. There's like there's there's more the more um, serious sounding songs that are kind of like, you know what I'm talking about? Like the more like, it gets like musically, it sounds more introspective and like, um, yeah, they're kind of taking itself, they're taking themselves a little more seriously. And then there's like the, the catchy, like skate pop punk bangers. It's right, kind of like, right. they kind of go between those two modes, which I, which I thought was totally fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, it didn't bother me at all, musically. Now, is this was this your Literally first? It just made me laugh. <laughs> is this your first experience with the band Homegrown, or? Yeah, I, I could have sworn they're they're like a ska punk band. I keep thinking like, um, well, this, I heard them on the on the big comp we did. On the big comp point. we did with Mark the, Dio. Um, yeah, was, yeah, they were on the. Yeah, I don't think they were on that one actually. They weren't. I don't think so. They're like the one band that's not on that comp then. I mean, maybe they were because they were definitely still on the label at that point. I don't. I'd have to go back and look, but certainly by two thousand five, I could have sworn they were, and I, I could have sworn I heard them on the comp and th- thought, oh, they're not a ska band. I thought they were a ska. Well, and so in terms of them being a ska band and maybe some of the other genres and types they've played around with, I think our guest this week is going to have quite a lot to say about that which i think will okay be, good be interesting because 
um, uh, just to kind of get ahead of ourselves a little bit, he's coming on here because um, he has some thoughts on the record they put out before they came to drive through, uh, which was Act Your Age. So we'll be talking about that in a bit. But yeah, it's definitely, um, yeah, I think that they're a confusing band at the very least. Mm hmm in terms of, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. Did you, so I, I believe you listen on Spotify to these, correct? Yeah. So did you listen all the way to the end of the last track where they included the hidden tracks? I did. I, like, I did, I did just to set, you know, just to see what the hidden track was. But then I forgot that I had I'd done that. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden my phone started like playing music. <laughs> Okay. After like four minutes of silence, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I wasn't on the Spotify app either. I was like, I think I was like about to call someone or something. Okay. So do you remember them at all? Because I thought and they like, were. It just freaked me out that my phone started. Yeah. Because it starts off playing like techno or something. Yeah. But then it goes into some other ones. And I feel yeah, like. Yeah. I thought, I thought honestly for like for a hidden track. For a pop punk band doing hidden track, I thought it was one of the more amusing ones I've heard in, in life. Yeah, but I feel like one of the bonus tracks was like again questionable in terms of like uh, possible racism. Ooh, yeah, I remember thinking that at one point. Yeah, it's, and I'm trying to find it here. It's called like "Come on Vietnam" or yeah. Because that was, again, it was just like, it's almost like the bands are going out of their way to get canceled. Not the bands, this band in particular. Mm -hmm. But I also, I believe that one of the, the members is, um, is Asian. So I don't know. I think I mean, oh, we, had this, well. we had this come up last week, right? Like uh, Fight Club <laughs> Freak and her cover of Yeah, Bro. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to take a strong stance on that, but I did find it, I guess, maybe troubling that uh, that they had that. I'll take a strong stance on it. Okay. And what's that going to be? Cancel culture is stupid. No, I'm kidding. Okay, here we go. It just sounds generally problematic without like it's yeah, it's vaguely problematic. Uh-huh. But vaguely. It's like I, I can't I can't tell if it's like ableist or racist or something. It's what? or like it's there's something something in the something in the what's that phrase? Something in the air, in the mm. water. Something, yeah. Something in the water isn't <laughs> isn't um, kosher or something. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know the phrase. Perfect. I, I like this is one of those times where I could I could invent my own phrase to describe it, but I just <laughs> not in the mood. <laughs> I do invent phrases sometimes. Like one time, I had. Um, I accidentally I put my socks in my pocket for some reason. What? Like you took them off your feet and just stuck yeah, them in Yeah, and pocket? like and I put and I and I, and I actually put them in my, in my in my 
in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to put something else in my pocket, and I grabbed my socks instead. Okay. I was like, oh, I got my socks in my pocket. And then I was like, oh, that sounds like something you, like, it sounds like a phrase, like, don't get, don't get your socks in a pocket. Okay. What would it like, mean? Don't, like, meaning, like, don't get all, like, mad, you know, don't get mad about it. Don't get too frustrated about it. Don't get, okay. Don't get your socks in a pocket. Don't get your you know? socks in a pocket. Yeah. Okay. I like that. But uh, no, bad. something in the water it isn't quite clear. I think maybe that's the phrase. I don't know. That doesn't sound familiar to me, but that, that, that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think we're in agreement again on an album, which would be the second yeah, time. Yeah, I think, I think it would have been really hard to disagree about this one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, is there anything else to be said about this album? Does anything else, does anything good or bad stick out to you that we haven't already covered? Well, they're definitely not touring behind this album's anniversary for a reason. And that reason COVID. isn't just COVID. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, can you can you imagine trying to play these songs now? And have people get like really get into them? Like, man, these lyrics are, I just, I just really relate to them so much you know right or like having a bunch of people standing in a crowd screaming some of these lyrics yeah yeah it's yeah it's i mean this was their last full length they put out one more ep uh also with drive through uh i think in oh four oh five and then that was that's that was it yeah they didn't get back together huh no, not not to date. One thing that is interesting, um, and again, maybe we'll talk about this with uh, maybe our guests will be able to shed some more light on this. the The record before this, At Your Age, was their only major label album. So I think it's interesting to go from a major label to Drive Through Records, as it seems like yeah, for a lot a, of these bands, Drive Through is the stepping stone to get to, to a major the major label. label. Yeah. yeah. That's curious. So I don't know if there if there's anything there. Um, okay, um, I'm ready to move into some of the videos I've got now. When we talked earlier, you said you had something for the pod tonight. Is are we there yet? Or oh no no what my the thing I had for the pod was that story. Oh about, okay. Uh, about my that guy that wanted to be my friend. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Are we ready to get into some videos then? Yeah, I got my glasses on. Perfect. All right. Uh, I've labeled it down or I've narrowed it down to 14 videos. I don't know if we'll get through all of them, but I had like 25 videos earlier. Okay. Okay. So this is them playing Give It Up, which I think was maybe one of the passable songs in terms of lyrics, if I remember correctly. Um, But I could be Um, wrong. When you talk about giving it up, I don't know. I might... My brain again went to giving it up. You know sure. what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, and it could be that. So, I think it's. I mean, it could be good or bad. I just don't remember being completely troubled by the lyrics. So, uh, yeah, I don't think this one. This was like the big single. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it's all in how you interpret it. Either way, this is them playing the song. Um, I, I don't know when this video was uploaded December 23rd, 2006. It seems unlikely they were playing this two days before Christmas, but maybe. What's up, Jersey? 
Thank you guys for being such a good crowd to all the bands today. We're homegrown. usual i mean drive through has managed to sign a band that sounds really good live like regardless of whether or not you enjoy it or think it's shitty lyrics they sound decent oh this sounds sick yeah like this is actually a fun watch for sure yeah and i mean you got the the big crowd in jersey and um yeah i mean again another a good live band for whatever that's worth um okay i think i've got just two live ones because the live ones are just kind of samey but this is them playing i'll never fall in love another great message um from a pop punk group and it is from asbury park new jersey from the drive through records volume 2 dvds so that would have been sometime around 2005 i imagine I figure broken hearts is a pretty common thing. So this one's about it. And if you got one, show up. I like how he's explaining what these songs are about before, they play, before he plays them. Like, <laughs> if you need to do that. I don't know. Like, I always wish that songwriters would talk more about what their songs are about before they play them. Maybe, yeah, like, especially I'm, the fans. Well, yeah, I would love to know, I guess. <laughs> Man, I like how much energy they have. Yeah. I was just thinking the same thing. So, I mean, yeah, those are, those are fine. I mean, again. Yeah, they're good live. It's just like, and like, I don't know. I, it, it would feel awkward to play some of these songs live, but they pull it off. Yeah, and I mean, it probably, I think it should have always been awkward, but, you know, mm-hmm. 15 years ago, it probably didn't feel as awkward for anyone. Except oh, yeah, for, for, you sure. know, women that were listening, which pop punk has never really given a shit about them anyway. No. Okay, let's get into our covers. Uh, back this week, we have a Nightcore from Make Belief. He has got, he's done a Nightcore version of Kiss Me, Diss Me. I just want to let everyone know that I pick what songs he's doing. So I don't want anyone to think that Skylar really likes this song or is signing off <laughs> on this song in any way. I just send him a list of songs. So uh, here's Make Belief's take on Kiss Me, Diss Me doing it Nightcore. <laughs> Sounds like um, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog? Or it sounds like some like video game like that, yeah. 
that's pretty that's, cool. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I still, so, still don't know the anime connection. That's exactly what I was about to say. I have, I have no idea. Skyler, last time I talked to him, he doesn't know either, but apparently he just knows that his videos need to have some sort of anime character on them. It needs you, huh? Yeah. So uh, everyone remember to follow at Make Belief Music. Um, and thank you once again for providing us with content. <laughs> okay, now the rest of these, I did not listen to any. I just found them scrolling through YouTube and added them to this playlist. So, uh, yeah, let's Going see. Going blind, huh? All right. First thing I've got here is Kiss Me, Diss Me, White Girl Edition. Oh, that's so, fun. Yeah, let's see what that means exactly. <laughs> and this is uploaded, oh, just January of last year. Sounds like some sort of live this recording. Song's about, That's gonna be their new TV commercial. The song's all white girls. Call Kiss Me Diss Me. Oh, okay. So now we know that Kiss Me Diss Me is specifically about a white girl. Alright. Okay. Does that make it any better? I think that just, I think we just blew this thing wide open. Okay, so I guess it's just a recording of a, a live. Yeah. I guess. So it's it the white. Like... It's the white girl edition. Well, it sounds like maybe it's called the white girl edition because a white girl screams throughout it because she's at the concert. And she's maybe, and also the lead singer said it's for white girls. Recording it, that too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean I, that's something. I guess at least he's not outright saying that women of color are like this just specifically white girls Good i don't point yeah i don't know what that's worth okay here we have matthew Frey, frary 28 um if, if any girls need to be taken down a peg or two it is the white girls fair enough okay these guys are playing kiss me diss me october 21st 2013 Gonna have to go on the next episode and apologize to our our white girl listeners for saying that. <laughs> so we got a guy here playing an electronic drum set. Oh yeah, okay, that's why the uh, sound like kind of shit. This is not good. That sucked. I mean, is that yeah. a Spider-Man vinyl in the background? That, I mean, maybe it's just a poster. I don't know. It looks like the shape of a vinyl. Bunch yeah. of Coca-Cola posters. <laughs> oh, he's wearing a Batman shirt. I mean, these look like the typical bros that be listening to. Yeah, yeah. These are some bro nerds. Bro if nerds. There, if there ever was a thing. Yeah, I, yeah. Bro, there are bro nerds. That's a new it's type of guy, a, yeah. right? Okay, this is a band called Cold Flames. I don't even know if this is going to be a homegrown cover. It's called Kiss Me, Diss Me, Lick Me. All right, let's go. You are now in tune with your wifey's favorite DJ, DJ Ill Will. I have a feeling this isn't a cover. 
I have a feeling this is gonna be the best thing we hear all night. Like oh five Lil Wayne. Oh yeah. I'm waiting to have him say kiss me, diss me. Yeah, that's better than anything from Homegrown. Yeah, that was like a million times better than anything by Homegrown. Okay, now I'm noticing here that this one I thought was called Kiss Me, Diss Me is called Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Oh, and oh, okay, covered by the East Side Band. So I have a feeling, again, I found a video that's not homegrown because I got the title wrong. Oh, this is sick. Oh shit, he's got a good voice. Hell yeah. How I wish you're here beside me, here to stay my whole life through. You're the only one, believe me, who can make my dreams come true. Come my darling. It sounds like a band that would like would be playing at like a restaurant somewhere. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, and like my dad might buy their CD and give them like ten dollars tips. Right. Because that's what my dad does whenever he sees like a band somewhere. <laughs> well that I like that. Playing Again, like vaguely world music. <laughs> vaguely world music. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think this next one is indeed a cover. It's a cover of You're Not Alone. Um uh, okay. From oh, August yeah, of last back year. Back to homegrown. Yeah, unfortunately. The last band was lovely. They were. This is Solly B. This is hella lo-fi. This yeah. is like... This is like the Neutral Milk Hotel demo. That's how lo-fi this is. I don't even know if they have a demo. I'm just saying. Well, I just wonder. Really lo-fi. Cause... Where is he? Because like in the background, I see these trees, and almost like at the bottom, it looks like there's like standing water, or maybe like I can't tell if there's like a little pond. And then like, like... A... is there like a pontoon boat or something? Like... Yeah, well, yeah. There's like a metal awning or some sort, and then there's like these lights Sheep, or like something. these papers yeah. hanging right here like he's at work or something oh i don't know he's got I'm these so confused. big glasses do you watch trailer park boys he looks like bubbles from trailer park oh boys. yeah those yeah glasses kind of does look like bubbles that's that's not bad though yeah it's just uh i just want to know where he is like, is he okay? Like... <laughs> okay, let's see if Mojo Adzi can do better or worse than that, because this is um, them covering You're Not Alone. 
it looks like two people here from May of 2012. And where are they? Looks like they're in like a, a middle school or something. Maybe. Some sort of school. Not everyone's paying attention. This, yeah, it's like you can hear other people playing near them. Is this a two-piece band? Oh, it's cutting to people in the crowd. Um, yeah, it's like maybe some sort of party. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, I think it's time. I want to take a break here, and I think I'm ready to hear a story that you promised all our listeners many weeks ago. Uh, oh. Because looking at this, it just reminds me of when I played uh, in a band and just seeing the people out there. And, you know, it's very small crowds because it's a small band. I want to hear more. You said at one point you tried out to be the lead singer in a band. Oh, yeah. And so seeing this video just reminds me of the idea of people like you or I in like smaller towns that aren't in like career bands trying to, you know, be performers. So I, I want to hear that story now, if you don't okay. mind. That's, 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 a good, that's a good idea. Um, oh, man, you're catching me off guard, though. All right, well, take the glasses off for this one. Okay. That's how we know it's um, going to be serious. Yeah, so I've been, I wanted to start like a hardcore band for like many years in Madison. Um, nothing, nothing ever, you know, quite came together. But then one time I, had, I put up an ad you know, saying, hey, I'm a vocalist. You know, I was lying. Um, you know, <laughs> looking for, I'm looking for, you know, I started to front a band. You know, here's are my influences. And I put like, you know, like Black Flag and like stuff like that or whatever. Uh-huh. And um, this, this, one, this one band responded and they're like, hey, you know, I'm the guitar player for this band and I also sing, but I don't want, I don't want to do both anymore. I write the songs, but... I, I, I just want to focus on guitar playing and not singing. So, you know, we're looking, you know, I like, we like your influences or some of them. And like, you know, would you, would you want to try out? I was like, fuck yeah. So then, um, so then the way they do band practice is like, we, we practice in like the singer's basement and some someone takes turn buying beer and they just put like, they just dump out a 12 pack of beer and just put it in a tub for anyone to grab. Gross. So I ended up getting way too drunk and trying off this band. And I was really nervous and I did a horrible job, covered a couple different songs. And I thought I did okay at okay. first, but like I did horrible. <laughs> and then, um, so then that was kind of the end of it for a while, but then Fast forward about a couple of years, right? Um, me and my friend Max and my friend Jocelyn 
my friend Jocelyn specifically is um, a noise artist, like a performance artist. And she may, she does a lot of really weird performance art pieces involving like just like completely like just noise, just like just like static noise and just like sound manipulation and stuff like that. Okay. And, and it's like very prolific artists in that in that field. And um, sometimes she would collaborate with Max and myself. Okay. And um, one time she booked a show and at, at the Wisco, um, Jocelyn, she contributed, um, speaking of her, she contributed to the Hindercomp. Oh, okay. So she had, she is one of like the 20 minute long noise pieces at the end of it. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, cause I, I encouraged her to do it actually. Um, and then, um, so we we perform we uh we we decided we were gonna perform at the Wisco, um, which is like a, a dive bar in Madison. Um, okay. And um, we we booked ourselves as as a disturbed tribute act called Lean Dealer. And lean then, dealer. Yeah, lean, lean dealer. And um, we went to the library and printed off a bunch of pictures of Disturbed. Okay. And um, so the, 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 the piece was that like her and Max would like, they would do their noise experiment thing. And like halfway through their little thing, I would, I would be, I would, um, they would cut the, 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 the noise and then they'd start playing the opening notes to down the sickness, like the the drum. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, bum, yeah. Bum, 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 bum. And I would, and, I, and the whole time I would be standing outside, waiting for that because that was my cue to come in. Into the performance, and me and Jocelyn wrestled in a kiddie pool, full of full of pictures of Disturbed that we had printed off at the library, right? Okay. So that was that was our performance. So. Um, so like, so that was the sh that was that was the show. That was what we did. And um, before that, uh, because Jocelyn booked the show, right? Okay. So she booked an out of town band from Tennessee called I forget. So I, uh, yeah, I don't know what they're called. But um, and then I noticed the opening band. Like these, like before they went on, like these these three guys just kept staring at me, and and I was like, what what the fuck's going on? But they, but they, they kept looking at me, like then like looking away every time they noticed me, and I was like, it took me a while to put it together, but because they had changed their name, but it, it turned out to be the band that I tried out for. Oh, and. They went on, and I it, and I didn't. Neither one of us approached each other. We we just kind of like awkwardly stayed away from each other. And um, they sound like shit. They they didn't sound anything <laughs> like anything I wanted to do. Okay. And the guy still sings and plays guitar, mm -hmm. but they added a trombone player. What? Yeah. Now so I'm not too well versed on hardcore. Like, does that usually they're not? They're forms? not a hardcore band. Oh, they're not okay. a hard, they weren't even a hardcore band. They were just like oh, okay. some lame pub rock band. Ah, 
yeah, it was like, um, so they didn't get a new vocalist. <laughs> they certainly didn't get me as a new vocalist. Yeah. But they added a trombone player, and the guy who wanted to stop singing and playing guitar is still singing and playing guitar. <laughs> nice. So I guess I guess that was like their second option was like, well, we can't find a vocalist because that kid sucks, so might as well get a trombone player. <laughs> right. That's like the next logical next move, I guess. Gotcha. That's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you're so you're not a vocalist then. You just lied when you put that. Yeah, or... you know, but like when you when you want to play in a hardcore band, all you're doing is shouting. It's like not really <laughs> okay. that bad. Sure. Like it's not, yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad we finally got that story because yeah. I think that's better than anything else we're gonna see. I think I've got. I think I'm gonna pick three more, and then we'll call it good. Okay. Um, Okay, let me just get rid of a couple of these here. So next up, the reason this one was interesting to me is it appears to be someone named Jocelyn Allen, uh, and it's videos of her doing a homegrown song, uh, You're Not Alone. It looks like in one of these from 2013, and then she did it again six years later in 2019. So women actually like this music, huh? That was another uh, question I had. Do I guess. Do actually like this, like? Like, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Okay, so it looks like she's just kind of split screened it. It's just vibing. And I think, must I don't think it's a cover. Well, I mean, maybe she's just dancing. It's kind like of interpretive band here. She's just vibing, rocking out. Oh, she's got a Daria shirt on. Oh, cool. Pop punk never struck me as a genre um, that needs interpretive dance. Right. That's what she's doing here. Yeah, this is really bizarre. It is. Uh, The one that I think this... She looks older in this one, so the 2019 one looks more thought out, more interpretive. In the first... The other one here on the left, she's just kind of doing some basic swaying. Oh, now she's lip syncing. Oh, she's, oh, so she's well, the six years apart. Huh. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, I think, that's, if I'm... What a weird concept for Let's see. video. Yeah, the, the description, she says, like my dancing slash admire my seven year plus dedication to my channel. Buy me a coffee on Ko-Fi. On Ko-Fi? Okay. I'd buy her a coffee. That was entertaining. Sorry, you'll buy her a coffee? I would. Okay, well, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I I know we don't... I know you don't like, and typically I don't like either like the vocal covers or the guitar covers or any of that, but I was interested in what a vocal cover of Tomorrow would sound like, although I now have no idea what that song is. So let's just see here. This is- I don't remember that one. May this 20- album like really like, it turns into like wallpaper, you know, yes. like it kind of like, by, by like, like the last fourth of it. The thing is, I think Tomorrow might be the first track on the album. Oh, <laughs> uh, let me verify that really quick. 
Yeah, this is the opening track. Uh, oh, okay. It's a vocal cover by Amir Like Crazy from May of 2009. Amir Like Crazy. A vocal cover of the song Tomorrow by Homegrown. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> well, it's like I, 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 always, I always hated these covers because no one could get like an acapella version of like, or, I mean, or I mean, instrumental. I mean, yeah, yeah like I mean, the opposite of like, acapella. Yeah, instrumental. I don't feel like it should be that hard. Over it. Yeah. All right. Well, Amir like crazy. I was not crazy about that mike mcmullen <laughs> oh, 11 years ago said well it's okay <laughs> okay this is the first thing i've ever doing from our account on youtube I'm giving this a thumbs oh, down nice okay last one here democracy <laughs> democracy this is someone named hunter de doing a cover it says uh, you're not alone homegrown cover drive through records reimagined from April 11th of last Ooh. year. Reimagined. If it'll load, okay. How did they reimagine it? Oh, yeah, You're Not Alone is one of the more, like, faux-sensitive songs. I yeah. Think. Oh, look, he's got a drive through record shirt. And, like, hella keyboards. Oh, yeah, all those ones yeah. in the back. I was ready to just vibe. Ready to just vibe? Yeah. We just gotta ruin it with the vocals. <laughs> it definitely does. I like the instrumentation. I think maybe you're right. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's transporting me. I mean, maybe that's the best you could do with Homegrown. I mean, I thought, I mean, the vocals I could, yeah. I could have lived without, but I thought they were fine enough, and that's way better than the actual version. Oh, for sure, yeah. Absolutely. I like Drive Through Reimagined. That was, that was quite nice. All right, well, final thoughts. Is there anything else to say about Kings of Pop by Homegrown? Uh, well, we just found out that it can be improved. Yes. But is it worth it? I mean, what, like, or should we, can we just let it die, you know? Do, do we need to keep talking about homegrown? Just this... Maybe we should each uh, film ourselves interpretively dancing to one of the tracks and uh, share that with our listeners. There we go, yeah. There's something we could do. So, 
Uh, I'll be waiting for your video on that then, Brian. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just me, <laughs> just me doing it. No, All right. I'll do one too. I'll do one, and then you do. Okay. One. Sure. <laughs> okay, so it can be improved upon. It's wildly misogynistic, and <laughs> um, now we're gonna talk to someone who really wanted us to talk about this band. So stay tuned for that. Thanks. <laughs> Holding on, but I know right now I'll never make it. Maybe I'll wake up tomorrow and figure out where to begin. All right, welcome to the Zeitgeist Lab. Danny Leary here to talk to us about Homegrown. Danny, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing well. Good. I'm actually. I, to be completely honest, I'm not great because okay. I ate bad falafel okay. the other day, and I'm still feeling it. The other day, wow, okay. Yeah. Damn. Now, I've never uh, had Jessica, falafel. Oh, you haven't? Uh-uh. Yeah, I, I didn't have it for the longest time because I thought it had like nuts in it, and I'm allergic to nuts. Oh, okay. And it turns out it's just chickpeas or garbanzo beans. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I can totally eat this. And so for like the last year, pretty much since quarantine started, we've been getting falafel all the time but we just got it from we were trying different places we tried this one place where i think there was just something wrong with the kitchen okay so i've been like knocked out for two days okay (laughs) well uh, hopefully you get feeling better and hopefully you're able to make it to this interview (laughs) yeah uh okay so off the top i want to before we get into the subject we're here for i've got to ask you and maybe you get this question a lot but i mean right in your personal Twitter account, whichever one, I mean, you can right. call all of them personal to an extent, I guess, but your bio right. is, I have 19 other Twitter accounts. So yes, I have my personal one. I do a lot on the pod. I have a couple other ones and I find it maddening to try to keep up or keep track of any of that. So how do you manage to have such a big social media presence? Uh, well, it's gotten a little easier because ever since the 155 switch over, mm-hmm. I haven't been like actively combing through 155 nation stuff talking from those like six accounts that i have right. all my specific 155 accounts but then i also you know i have mxpx memes which was sort of my first big foray into being an asshole on twitter and then i have uh the, <laughs> i have the one for my podcast city hawkins pod where we talk about reliant k and i have one for uh scott pikachu where i okay. just upload like Ska songs. Yeah. That, was set that's you. Pikachu huh? dancing. Yeah, that's me. I so that one's that pretty one. easy. Mm. I, I just figured, I, I don't know. I just kind of have a, I have a, every one of my accounts has a purpose. They're not just like totally random. <clears throat> okay. So, um, yeah. And like I said, since 155, since the whole Blink thing came, went off of Blink, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Since yeah, it yeah. became 155 pod, I, I don't feel the same drive for those like, quote-unquote characters that i had going and stuff like that but once gotcha. in a while i think of something and i pop in and you're always very good at engaging with me whenever i poke the bear on one of your alt accounts because sometimes it's just too hard right. to resist <laughs> yeah i love that because from early on before i even when i barely even knew who you were um in, you know in any in, in any sense aside from like an avatar on twitter yeah and as Blink-155 pod sucks. I, like, just decided, like, that character would be delusional and believe you're his best friend uh-huh. in the world. <laughs> and I only did that because you were kind of, like, a villain of the pod, and my account was, of like, a villain of the pod, so I just assumed they'd be best friends. And then, like, you kind of, like, gave it to that Twitter account a bunch. 
but then it's my helicopter account that you right. really like later on ended up despising and that's like yes. out of nowhere because i didn't really because <laughs> I, I don't know why because like i put so much more attempt at like narrative and personality bullshit into all my other accounts but the helicopter account like i purposefully was like it's just an account it's just obsessed with that one blink 182 song that's all there is to it and then somehow you ended up hating that account and really like just giving it to that account <laughs> I, I don't know why like and then i mean <laughs> when kobe bryant died in a helicopter crash that obviously right. fueled a lot of that like that's given me a lot of material for the last year in terms of right trolling that account <laughs> okay so we are here to talk about homegrown which was not a band that we were planning on talking about, but yourself and a, a couple other people had kind of urged us to do that. So we thought we would kind of dig into this. So maybe before we get into the band itself, what is your history with drive Through Records? I believe you're located in California, right? Is it something you've always been like a fan of bands on the label or what, what's your history there? Um, well, I've only lived here in California for seven years. Okay. Um, I'm originally from Massachusetts. Okay. And um, there was, I mean, I, I, there was always like a big punk and ska scene to me in the 2000s and late 90s before I eventually moved away. So I was into all kinds of different music. Um, I was never like a drive through specific, you know, Stan, okay. although the word Stan didn't exist back then, but I wasn't like obsessed, but it was a, it was a label that I definitely like knew and I got to kind of look and remind okay. myself <laughs> What other bands, even though you guys have talked about some of them, obviously you've talked about a bunch of them. I got to look. Um, there were other labels that I was probably a little bit more obsessed with, like probably um, probably like Asian Man Records was okay. the label I was the most obsessed with because I loved Ska so much. <laughs> and um, then there were other bands that I liked on there as well. So, so but I was definitely getting into record labels was definitely a thing that I love to, oh, RX Bandits, of course. Um, uh, I liked a little bit of the starting line. I totally missed something corporate. Okay. We talked about that a little. Oh, and Phoenix TX, like Homegrown, <laughs> is a band I tried to convince myself I liked. Okay. Oh, and of course, Dashboard. Like, I, I don't think I ever went on a deep dive at the time through drive through Records, but it was definitely like a label that, like, I'd go to their website and check them out and see what was coming out. Alistair, that's another one yeah. that I really liked. Um, yeah, but they weren't a band that, like, where every la every band that came out, I would, you know, instantly assume I'm going to like them. Okay. That was probably more like Asian Man Records and Jump Up Records. Is okay. In Chicago, Scott, mostly just ska label. And, um, and then Tooth and Nail, which was, like, you know, the big Christian punk label. Right. Although I didn't assume I was going to like every tooth and nail band either because they although in my sweet spot of like the early 2000s that's when they were matching up with what i liked which was like melodic pop punk gotcha and melodic hardcore and stuff like post mxpx so uh and then eventually they went like more metalcore and i like metalcore okay but it's not my big thing so yeah sorry to be disappointment and say like i'm not the biggest drive oh, no, that's, fan but <laughs> that's fine um i was just wondering like what because and I mean, obviously, there's no accounting for taste necessarily, but if I feel like if I was just like a passing, like had a passing knowledge of this label, I would have no idea who Homegrown was or necessarily right. even care yeah. to, to figure that out. So why Homegrown? And I think you kind of alluded to a minute ago saying you tried to convince yourself you like them, but maybe that's yeah. not the case. 
I was into Homegrown before they ended up on Drive Through. Okay. Because basically, so the first time I ever saw MXPX, who I'm sort of, my life is intrinsically entwined with. Um, <laughs> the very first time I saw MXPX was with Homegrown playing before MXPX. And this was in 1998. Okay. And um, the it wasn't, the Poo Poo Pee Pee Tour with Blink. Because, like, sort of famously, and it's well-recorded because it's Blink, so obviously the history is better recorded. Mm -hmm. But there was a tour in 1998 with Blink, Homegrown, and MXPX called the Poo Poo Pee Pee Tour. Okay. But what I guess isn't recorded is that after the tour, and this is only in hindsight where I've tried to piece together what, what exactly it was, I guess after that main tour, Blink fell off. Okay. But MXPX and Homegrown did a couple more dates together. Gotcha. So they played the Worcester Palladium in Worcester, Massachusetts in oh. 1998 on Mike Carrera's birthday. So okay. that's why I'm, that's, thank God it was on Mike Carrera's birthday or I'd have no way to have ever figured out what this show was. Cause there's like no, it's just lost to the, to the, to the universe. Right. right. Yeah. But knowing it was on Mike Carrera's birthday, I like did a deep dive with like Boolean search tools and stuff to find this date and it did exist and it only exists on one geocities page now or of like someone <laughs> listing shows they're going to this week nice. or that week back in 1998 uh -huh. so i got so because homegrown played with mxpx and i loved mxpx i was like well homegrown must be a band that i'm supposed to like you know what i mean another band that played on that same tour was was cooter who eventually changed their name to autopilot off okay for that show oh, yeah so I saw Autopilot off when they were still called Cooter. And okay. so I also got into them. And I kind of stayed into them a little bit more than Homegrown. But Homegrown was a band where it was like all the elements were there. So I was like, I must love, I must love this band. Okay. They are like Southern California skate punk. They have some ska songs, even though they don't have horns. They have that like snotty sound with their vocals on, you know, in their '90s album, in their '90s albums, so I was like, I must, I'm supposed to love this band, but I eventually one day figured it out. Like, oh, I don't really like them. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just one of those things, and it wasn't. I had their album Act Your Age, which was their only major label thing, and it's what right. they were touring off of with MXPX and Blink that year. And uh, then eventually, Kings of Pop came out, mm -hmm. and this is 2004, right by then, or 2002. Mm. I think it's so, 2002. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, by then I had like I was like okay now there's Napster and and Kazan stuff. I'll download uh, Kings of Pop and check it out. And I was like this is okay, but I kind of figured out that I don't really like Homegrown, so I'm not going to get the CD. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So and it was the same thing like I said with Phoenix TX, where I was like, well Phoenix TX sounds really close to Blink. Right. And Mark Hoppus manages them at the time. I'm like I'm supposed to, and I saw uh, Phoenix TX with Blink and Silverchair. Also okay. in 1998 or 99. So I was like, I'm supposed to like Phoenix TX, right? And right. I tried to convince myself with the CD. But I was like, no, I just don't like it. I just didn't want to put it on as much as I wanted to put on my other CDs. Right. So that's part of the reason why I picked Homegrown. I wanted to do Homegrown because I have this like personal history of like trying to force myself to like them. And it also in connected MXPX sort of infamously. There's this Barbie Girl cover that Homegrown did. On it, um, they had an EP right before the last release they had before they moved to drive through was an EP called the Phone Home EP. Okay. And the first track on it is a Barbie Girl punk rock cover. Okay. And when that ended up on Napster, and then you know that same file 
went through all the next generations of Kazaa and LimeWire and right. stuff. Mm-hmm. Somebody labeled it MXPX Barbie Girl. Okay. So for the rest um, of yeah. eternity, people were convinced that MXPX did a cover of Barbie Girl. Gotcha. And like you can hear, you know, there's different points in interviews and like online Q and A's and live streams and stuff where my career will talk about it. It's like, yeah, people will come to our shows and request Barbie Girl, and it's like that's not us. <laughs> nice. And, um, it still exists today. Like sometimes if you go on uh, YouTube and you type in MXPX and you look for videos there, you'll find like a random Barbie girl, which like uh, like a like an an anime music video set to MXPX Barbie girl, but it's homegrown. Okay. <laughs> right. And I'm like, who like in the last couple of years still has a file on their computer from Kazaa <laughs> or Napster or LimeWire that says MXPX Barbie girl? And the only thing right. I can imagine is like somebody's older brother or something or their parents even uh-huh. have like a disc full of mp3s they're like here you can listen to this if you like punk music and right. then a whole new generation is deceived into thinking that this homegrown <laughs> song is actually mxpx gotcha <laughs> okay so with homegrown i mean so the main episode was about kings of pop and i of course would be interested to hear your thoughts on that uh, since you mentioned that but when we kind of got to talking about setting up this interview you, you had mentioned that you feel like you have maybe uh, what you call a hot take on the right. on the Act Your Age uh, album. So let's let's start there, I guess. What what is what is your take on that? I, I listened to it. I, I told Brian to listen to it. Did, did you yep. get around to doing yeah. that? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I did it earlier today. So we've both listened to it now. What is what what are what is the hot take, Danny? So my hot take, and I if you guys don't agree with this, that's fine. It is like it. It is. It does take some convincing, but I think that when Homegrown did Act Your Age, which was their major label attempt, I think they were basically like, "Let's make Dude Ranch again." Okay. So I think Ooh. with Act Your Age, you get like an approximation of what Dude Ranch Two could have been like okay. if Travis never joined Blink. You know what I mean? Or oh. if, if like, yeah. If Tom and mostly Tom, I think of Blink, I think of Blink's artistic direction mostly as Tom, but like if Tom wasn't a constantly evolving artist, mm-hmm. like if it was just Mark and Scott or Blink 182, okay, then Act Your Age is something like what the follow up to Dude Ranch would have sounded like to me. Mm. Or in another sense, it's just like. Because I realized something like going back and listening to Homegrown again this week. Mm-hmm. In another sense, it's you know it's just Homegrown saying you know we're on a major label. What's our biggest in, What's our biggest influence that seems like successful, or what's a band that we know that seemed like super successful and we want to chase that same success? And maybe they looked at Dude Ranch and they were like, okay. "That's it. We want to be like Blink. We've toured with them. You know, we we're kind of already sort of like them because we're from." SoCal as well. They're from Los Angeles, I think, right? And then Blink is from San Diego. So it's like, so let's just kind of do our version of Dude Ranch. And it's not really so much the music. Like, you wouldn't listen to Homegrown and say this sounds like Blink-182. Right. But if you kind of listen to the kinds of songs that they that they put on Actor Age, and you kind of listen to, like, the the lyrical themes and, like, kind of how they change the, the, the loose way they change things up track to track it's kind of the same way 
Blink changes things up uh, lightly from track to track on Dude Ranch, to me anyway. Okay. Like the way that that first track off of Act Your Age kicks off, I can't remember the name of it right now, but the way that first track kicks off is like sort of the same way I think of Pathetic kicking off Dude Ranch. Okay. And then there's obviously like different things, like Homegrown has their own person. Oh, and they also have two singers. Yeah. (laughs) Both bands have two singers. And like, you know, Homegrown has stuff like they have some ska chords here and there. And they do like a beachy song. Like they don't necessarily stick strictly to pop punk type stylings for the whole album. But that's my general hot take is that like one day just kind of hit me. I listened to Act Your Age a year or two ago and I was like, wait, there's just this sort of like form or cadence or something where they're trying to rip off Dude Ranch. Okay. So, but then they didn't know that like Blink was going to, was working on something totally different, relatively speaking in Enema. Right. So to them, they're like, well, Blink's going to do Dude Ranch. Let's do do, Dude Ranch 2. Let's do Dude Ranch 2 as well. And (laughs) we'll be huge. But Blink was about to like totally change up what like mall punk, pop punk was going to be perceived as. Huh. Okay. So, um, uh, it's in terms of your Blink-182 fandom, are you one of the people who, like, reveres Dude Ranch? And, I mean, if so, what is the, does that mean you actually do like at least Act Your Age? Or, like, if you see the parallels, where uh, are they? Yeah, I, quality, I, I probably I like Dude Ranch a little bit less every year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I loved it at the time, uh-huh. right? And, like, especially because I bought both. So I bought both these albums at the time, and this, like, theory which again if no one agrees with me or nobody hears it if it's too subtle a thing that i'm picking up then i understand if no one agrees with me but like at the time i bought act your age and i bought dude ranch when it came out yeah oh no i guess i would have bought dude ranch after even though dude ranch would have come first whatever so i I had both records and i obviously listened to dude ranch way more than i listened to act your age like there's just something about it that about homegrown that just didn't connect and something i kind of realized in that I was hinting at that I started figuring out this week is that homegrown's kind of like a cipher. <laughs> like I, I thought maybe just the act your age thing and trying to sound a little bit like um, dude ranch or have the form of the album dude ranch was like an isolated incident. But then when I went back and listened to their first album, okay, I realized that album is just them trying to be like green day and operation Ivy. Okay. Like they have this like looser production, that you would associate with like Kerplunk and 39 Smooth by Green Day. They have the snottier sort of um, San Francisco, like the San Francisco punk sound thing that you would associate with early Green Day and with Operation Ivy. And then they have like the occasional ska song, like an Operation Ivy. And then I also listened to Homegrown's last EP because you guys were almost going to do that. Right. And I realized that those songs sound to me like brand new songs. Yeah, I heard like that just, too. Yeah. yeah, especially just like the 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 angu- like the angular change ups and stuff mm. are exactly like brand new. So it's like, well, then you know, brand new. weren't They never got super super huge, but they were like huge in the scene, right? Like everyone was being influenced by them. There's a yeah. I realized there's a bunch of influenced by them, by brand new on some mid era Reliant K later on. That's kind of okay. buried in there, but when you, you kind of close your eyes, you're like, oh, I see where they were being influenced by brand new here. But, like, the brand new influence on that final Homegrown EP is so apparent that I was, like, Homegrown... I don't even... I couldn't figure out if there's anything on Kings of Pop that they were copying. But, like, I realized, like, almost every one of their albums is copying some other band that was popular at the time. Well, even... So that's... 
Because you and I talked about that a little bit, the the brand new thing, and didn't you? I think you researched and saw that um, the the homegrown EP, which I think is called "When It All Comes Down," wasn't that? It right. just came out like six months after. Was it Deja? And yeah. Tondu or yes, exactly. It was okay. like seven, it was like six or seven or eight months or something like that. Okay. It was like Deja Tondu came out in the summer, and then that "When It All Comes Down" came out that next February or January or something like that. So are you saying that you don't feel like Homegrown necessarily has any originality? Is that I guess fair? That's, I guess that's kind of what I'm figuring out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and maybe like, that had something to do with why grown. I didn't like him. Another reason I probably didn't like him was like I realized their first album, every song is like three minutes. Okay. Like Because I, I didn't just buy Act Your Age. I also bought What's the Business or What's Your Business or whatever it's called, their first album with like these flower, these like angry looking flowers on the cover. Because I was like, I must like Homegrown. They toured with MXPX. Right. They have ska chords. I, I have to like them. So I got that album, and I never, I never listened to that one. And I realized because I dug into that a little bit on Spotify, like all the songs are approaching three minutes. And like these songs are way too long. There's one song on there. They did the song Surfer Girl, which they redid on Act Your Age. Right. The mm-hmm. original version on their first album is over five minutes long. I'm like, this is oh. way too much. Oh my god, jeez. And then on their first album, and I'm not like. I don't know, uh, like I, like it's it's not even like a like a social justice thing, but like I was never totally into a band that just flat out. I'm not saying like I'm some Ford thinking, fucking '90s kid back then or whatever. <laughs> right. But a band that would like really abrasively call girls bitches even back then, I would be kind of turned off by because like there's obviously like questionable stuff in Blink 182's lyrics. Yeah. But there's a certain artistry and poetry to the way they would phrase it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But on homegrown stuff, when they get misogynistic, they just really get, it feels like they just really get misogynistic. Oh, for and sure. And I, yeah. I think I kind of had a feeling of that. That was my big takeaway from Kings of Pop. Yeah. Was that like, these guys like hate women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and on their first album, I did couldn't even finish. I finished listening. I listened through Act Your Age again. I think I finally listened to Kings of Pop from beginning to end for the first time. and But I couldn't listen to their first album from beginning to end. But before I quit, there were three songs where they specifically call the girl in the song a bitch. Jeez. Three songs in the first half of that album. And then it's like so, uh, such, a, such bullshit on Kings of Pop when they write Kiss Me, Diss Me. Uh-huh. Exactly. It's like yeah. they're saying, hey... I'm just a notch on her belt. I'm just a. She, I'm the she victim. Just, yeah. I'm the victim. But he's like, they've done that to so. They've done that to the female and so many other of their songs. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. And you could almost. Part of me was like, is this a? Is this like a winking, nodding thing? Like, I always thought for the longest time that girl that I could train from Dumpweed was like an ironic thing. But uh-huh. in later years, I'm like, I don't think it really was. Or, you know, like, uh, there's a Weezer song, like, I want a girl who puts her makeup on the shelf, right? That song. Okay. Yeah. That's ironic. That's them. He's he's that's he's singing about being a controlling boyfriend, and that's the point. He's, right. River, Rivers isn't literally saying, I want a girl who laughs for no one else. He's, it's called No One Else. That's it. <laughs> that I know is ironic. Dumpweed, in hindsight, I don't think it's ironic. 
Nah. And his homegrown song, Kiss Me, Diss Me, I was like, maybe it's ironic because they wrote so many songs calling girls bitches. But I'm like, no, there's no way. There's no way well, and by it's... 2002 they become that uh, introspective. Well, and the <laughs> problem is, like, there's that song, which has all its problems. But I think it's literally within two tracks of that, there's, uh, I think it's called I Love You Not, which is like, it just takes that whole idea and flips it on its like on its head, like, Oh yeah, you want a relationship, but I love you not. Because the lyrics are like, "I love your bod, but I love you not." And he's just right. like, "It's like, isn't this just what you were complaining about two songs ago? Like, you can't have yeah. it both ways." Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. So that's kind of what my takeaway now, thinking about it in hindsight on Homegrown is, is like I feel like they were kind of following trends, and maybe they saw the. And I remember you guys t- kind of when you guys talked about Fe- River Phoenix or Phoenix TX. Mm-hmm. And those like really bad lyrics in that one song. Oh God, yeah. I can't remember what it was. Like something about like a really underage girl yes, or something like uh-huh. that. Yeah. And like part of me thinks like how River Phoenix T- Phoenix TX was like chasing the dragon of Blink One A Two's success even before Enema. Right. And being like, you know, we could be like that. So what does Blink One A Two do? Well, they have offensive lyrics. They have songs like Voyeur. So let's take that to the next level. Let's think about right. underage girls. Right. Like I think that's like I don't think they really believe that stuff. But so I think Homegrown was doing the same thing. Okay. I think they were basically like ciphering the tone of the bands around them and kind of emphasizing it even more because they're like, well, if those bands sing lyrics like that, let's push it to the even next degree. There's a song on. Now that I think about it, there's a song on the same EP with the Barbie Girl mm-hmm. cover where it's like it's. It's I don't remember the name of the song, but it's like she's underage and she's hitting on him in, a, in after a show, and he's like, "I don't want to go to jail. Leave me alone. You're like 15 or 16 or something like that. Like that's the point of the song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole song is about being hit on by an underage fan. Yeah, it's just like I just feels like it feels like the Scotty doesn't know world of pop punk you know like the <laughs> it's like american pie punk rock okay like yeah. and obviously blink 182 is in american pie so they kind of like set the template for that uh-huh. but i feel like some people some other bands like are like yeah fucking bitches and and jerking off into a sock that's what punk rock is you know what i mean and blink right. obviously had those themes <laughs> yeah but they had other stuff and they grew in certain ways in the band but like i feel like a like homegrown's whole aesthetic lyrically and a whole bunch of other similar type of bands kind of like stayed that way in a worse way they also didn't have the artistry of like a tom DeLong to right. elevate that eventually or put it in another context like even blink 22's most problematic dirty songs are only elevated by what they did later on you know what i mean yeah so here we can look at homegrown and be like well they have all this kind of like shitty stuff in their songs but like nothing they did later recontextualizes that in any way or helps you question it <laughs> in a recontextual way yeah okay so i've got i want to get brian's opinion on this so my you had mentioned that dude ranch you like less every year for me dude ranch has always been like one of my least favorite blink albums but i, I believe brian if i'm correct dude ranch is your favorite uh blink album so what do you make of oh, the yeah. comparison between Act Your Age, which you listen to now, and and Dude Ranch. Like, is do you um, find that offensive as a big Dude Ranch fan, or not offensive? No, um, I don't. I don't know. I can't quite make the connection. I mean, I feel like a lot of bands were kind of making trying to make their own Dude Ranch because 
that's what was uh like successful and that's what was like acclaimed at the time so i don't i don't really know if, if um i mean i know i i feel like that's a really that's a really interesting theory for sure but um i don't know if that's unique to homegrown in that album right necessarily um i feel like i mean my knowledge of like 90s pop punk isn't as deep as other people's so i i couldn't really make any other examples so mm-hmm. um and it just kind of clicked for me after like 20 years of listening to dude ranch and i was gonna say yeah like, your age yeah like like when did that like when did you have this epiphany like like a couple years ago okay probably after blink 55 started and i started really thinking about blink 2 or deeply <laughs> sure and <laughs> yeah. what comprised of blink 2 album and song and stuff yeah so yeah like like i said it's 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 a like a form thing or something it's 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 more subtle for it's like the type of songs they were writing and the way they arranged them on the album that kind of clicked one day when i like i guess i listened to dude ranch and i switched over to actor age and i'm like wait a second but it's more <laughs> subtle so i can't like convince anyone and i don't have yeah. the musicality to explain what i think it is but when you listen to what's the business their first album like it just flat out to me sounds like Lookout Era Green Day okay. and Operation Ivy, and then you listen to that their Grunge last EP. Yeah. It flat out listen sounds like brand new to me. Like those those ones, I think are completely hills I would die on. The, the okay. Dude Ranch <laughs> Actor Age thing is something where I'm like, ah, maybe one day you'll see it, maybe you won't. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'd have to listen to it again, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many other bands I could be listening to right now. Okay. Homegrown. <laughs> well, cool. Thank you so much uh, for being here and giving us your, your thoughts on Homegrown. It was great to talk to you. Um, before we wrap this up, I know at the top you mentioned at least a couple different projects and things you do. Is there anything specific you want to plug here at the end? Yeah. Uh, my wife and I have a podcast called Sadie Hawkins Pod where we go over every Reliant K song. And uh, she just looked over and smiled at me because she's like, you're talking about me now. Right. <laughs> she's over there with her headphones on watching the Hotel Cecil show on uh, Netflix. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I have an account, which I don't use as, I still use it, but I, I've definitely, I used to use it a lot more called MXPX memes. And basically like any pop, pop punk joke that comes to mind, I'll tweet that. doesn't just have to be MXPX. Okay. But, there's an Instagram for that, which I keep strictly MXPX related jokes. <laughs> um, and then Scott Pikachu, like I said, that's just on Twitter. Um, and because on Instagram, there's too much copyright protection. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. And then I have a thing which I don't really use right now, but it's called Overheard Punk. Oh, overheard at a punk show. That's you? Yeah, that's me. That's, oh, that's such a good account. <laughs> <laughs> when i started overheard punk it was a joke it was supposed to be a satire okay all of them were going to be made up and they were all going to be really stupid it was all going to be like hey you want to come over for lasagna on tuesday and then that would be attributed to some like grindcore band in the audience or something. but then immediately i started getting real submissions so okay. i was like okay i guess this has got to be real now <laughs> nice there's a really good one it was, it was about um someone talking about like how to eat cheese curds properly or something like that. Oh yeah. 
It was, it was at a Wisconsin show. I can't remember which one it was. That though. sounds right. about right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm retweeting that one. All right. Well, uh, yeah, check out all those things. And I'm going to try really hard to get all of your Twitter uh, links in the, <laughs> right. in the description for this episode. So, all right, Danny, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate it. All right, thanks. Yeah. Good afternoon from New York. We're coming on the air with breaking news, very sad news to tell the sports world. The LA Times is reporting that retired Los Angeles Lakers basketball star Kobe Bryant has been killed in a helicopter crash.